0: Welcome back to yet another episode of the Big Ass Cornhole Podcast. As always, Sean and Dane are back with you again.
1: What's going on, man? Uh, you know, trying to trying to bounce back because we are not coming on a victory Monday. We are we got D- freaking destroyed, Dane. I
0: want, let's not let's not do that. All right, I have that.
1: reminders all around I can't There's do reminders it. Reminders all around
0: me. I I just can't handle it. Okay, Dane. Like, let's just not waste any more time. Okay. Go ahead, as you always do, break down what we're sipping on in the segment we call... What Drowning you drinking? In our
1: sorrows? Yeah, or that, yes. <laughs> <laughs> what you drinking? This beer review is brought to you by Colorado Cornhole Connection. You, you, you want some badass boards? Go over to iHeartCornhole.com, order you some. Get them custom, get that little beer drawer on it, start drinking, playing Cornhole, Colorado Cornhole Connection, get after it. Boom. Um, So, again, I was saying that there's reminders all around me of, you know, Cleveland Browns and who they really are, because they fooled us for a little bit. But I'm sipping on Platform Brewing's Muni, which is an IPA. If you're from the Cleveland area or ever tailgated out here, you know the Muni lot is where it's at. That's usually where the fun happens, because our stadium is the factory of sadness. So, you know, drinking on the Muni, um, yeah, it's just... Little, I'm still, I'm still bitter, man. I had, I watched the goddamn game with a Steelers fan. That was my mistake. I know, I know. I, I felt maybe I was gonna be able to rub it in his face, but boy was I wrong. So, uh, you know, if you're if you're feeling thirsty in Cleveland, want to drown your sorrows with something good? Grab a Muni from platforms, fantastic. Good little IPA.
0: Well, if you're done ruining my mood. Um... <laughs> Uh, Can we move on now? Because I I don't want to relive that. As we always do, we're going to discuss what's going on in our cornhole lives in a segment we call In and Around the
1: Hole. You're
2: too good for your hole? Answer
1: me! Brought to you by Airwolf Athletics. Helping athletes become the alpha in all aspects of life. Stop by airwolfathletics.com to check out all their amazing products. Become the alpha. Join the pack today. Visit airwolfathletics.com and use code BIGASP for 10% off purchases.
0: Dane, all sports have iconic symbols, and in cornhole, the throwman symbol means excellence, winning, and family. And when you pair that iconic symbol with the only number in cornhole that matters, twenty-one, you get blackjack cornhole. Check out blackjackcornhole.com because there's no coincidence that cornhole is played to twenty-one. And if you use code Big Asp, that's one word, orders over fifty dollars, you can save ten percent. Boom. Hot okay.
1: Damn. Hot
0: so, Dane. uh I had literally like the only cornhole I had this week at all was basically throwing the abundance of bags we've had sent to us recently for upcoming reviews. So I got outside for a little bit this weekend, put in some time throwing some different bags. Besides that, I literally had nothing to do. Fill us in. What did you? uh, I know you at least had league, right?
1: Yeah, I had league on Thursday. Uh, me and the a good buddy dave abrazino started out playing for the first time together and uh how's that chemistry gone dude you know like we've always gotten along well so i think he's it's pretty uh, i think it's fine oh yeah. yeah you know like he uh he's much like me and usually shows up like real early okay. to like league night well he he got held up at work had to show up like five minutes before the first game started so i can tell he's a little flustered by that um him and I, we, we played very similar to, to what you and I do, where one of us was hot, the other one was cold. We'd flip flop back and forth. I think we ended up at, like, four and three on the night during round robin. Um, I'll t- I mean, I'll take it. We, we were switching up bags, trying to see what we were both comfortable with, through some Vikings, through some uh, uh, Big Daddy Carnage, um, which is a sexy bag for all of you out there. Like, if you're looking for something a little different, that bag was really nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, all in all, I was pretty happy. Then I did the same thing as you over the weekend. Just got on the yard and threw with what little time I had through some through some new bags. So, Yeah, wasn't I wasn't too you. crazy for me, but I was uh, I was jealous of everyone down there. Uh, and was, was it in Rock Hill? Was that where they were doing that USA Championship at? Yeah, yeah, yep, yep. So, and we'll uh,
0: we'll review that a little bit more uh, next week. Just. the the tournament happened this weekend. I know that the finals already happened, but they're not going to record that until Wednesday and Thursday. So by the time you're listening to this, uh, you're probably listening to this on Wednesday morning, uh, maybe Wednesday on the way home, make sure that you catch it on NBC sports on Wednesday and Thursday night. uh, I believe they're going to be showing uh, the finals for all the different contests, so it should be a good time. So we'll review kind of the results and all that stuff later yeah, on. Yeah, and
1: I'm, I'm glad we're not, like, reviewing the results today because I like to actually see it happen.
0: Um, over the weekend, Dane, I don't know if you saw, but um, our friend from the dog cast, commonly known as Donnie Darts.
1: Or oh, as the they voice, call it, it's it's Donnie Dots,
0: Donnie Darts, or um, the voices he likes to be known as. Uh, he kind of stirred the pot a little bit, and he was calling for everyone to band together to stop the overpricing of bags in the aftermarket um and there was some interesting discussion kind of going back and forth on the thread i i thought it was a perfect time it was just it just came up i was looking for content so i'm like you know what we haven't really talked about the bag market in uh in quite some time so what do you think of the bag market currently like what is kind of your stance on you saw the thread correct
1: Yes, I did. I did. And, uh, you know, I read through all the comments, a lot of people like agreeing with them, disagreeing. Yeah. So it, was, it seemed like a pretty good split um, to me, the bag market like I am. I like where it's at, sort of. Um, I still think, you know, a set of four bags shouldn't be going for you know over one hundred dollars, like like for the market value, like okay. the, the retail value. I think that's far too much. I know how much the material costs uh, to get in. And some of it feels like a bit of robbery, but um, that being said, we as players do make the market. So if people are willing to pay for it, sweet, I'm, I'm cheap. So I'm cool with going with a different bag option personally. And with what we've seen, like we've been lucky enough to get all these bags. We've seen some bangers out there for good prices. So yeah, like there's so other I mean, options.
0: Do you think it's like the aftermarket that's driving up the cost? Do you think it's, the cost of the materials. Do you think, um, it's, you know, the new ACL stamp tax, um, where are you kind of at with this? I mean, it's,
1: I mean, it's all the above that's adding, that's increasing the the market value of everything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm in the uh, like event rental industry and I deal with linens a lot and fabric and, uh, you know, that stuff is going up. It's hard to get in right now and I get it. So like if they're having problems and they have to do limited releases and charge a little bit more just to stay afloat, it is what it is, man. I mean, it's 2020, everyone's struggling. So um, the ACL stamp tax definitely has something to do with it as well. I saw normally $55 sets are getting jumped up to 65 70 now just and to listen, I cover make the clear, bag like, makers. I don't, I don't necessarily
0: blame the bag makers for raising their prices. No, I mean, if they I don't want to continue to make the them same profit for the work that they're putting in, I'm okay with them raising the prices. I, I get it, like 100%. Like that, that's not a problem. And you know what? like You know the whole ACL stamp? thing you know i i guess i kind of understand it so um i have no problem whatsoever with the bag manufacturers raising their prices to offset those costs whatsoever yeah um i think that if we're really looking at all the factors and especially the aftermarket and why these bag prices are going higher so yes like let's say a year ago a good set of bags right was probably going for 60 bucks right for four and that was and that was kind of higher end. And then on yes. the aftermarket, I mean, that's a kind of a that's kind of a cheap bag now to find. I think a lot of that has to do with our inability to be patient, right? We Very want insta- so. we want instant gratification. Now, I think there's two things at fault. Us as consumers, right? We want everything right away, but some of the bag manufacturers I mean you're waiting a long time for bags now I'm gonna I'm just gonna put it out there all right I, and this is not a knock on anybody because we have said a thousand times how much we like their bags kill shots they put it on their website right away that it's like 35 business days all right so you you and you check the box you understand when you get yep. it I see a lot of people coming up and be like well all these kill shots bags are being sold like do you do you even throw them or do you just buy them to sell them Listen, the reason that there's such a high demand is because the wait time is so great. Mm-hmm. All right? People, if they have money available, they're willing to buy. And guess what? If you want something right away, you're going to pay for it. You're, there's going to be a little bit of markup. I, I guess I just – I did not understand a little bit, and I would love to have this discussion live with Donnie sometime because I, I, I'm i just going to put out – I completely disagree with them 100%. All right? I'm alright one of those guys, and if you read through that thread, I'm one of those guys that – People were saying – or I think they were calling – a common thread was like a, a window liquor. okay, for people who are overpaying for bags and all that stuff. Listen, like I determine what I think a bag is worth, and if I'm willing to pay X amount for said bag, then who's to say that anybody's right or wrong? So just because I bought a set for an even $60 doesn't mean I have to sell it for $60. Get the fuck out of here. If someone's yeah. willing to pay me $75 or $100 for that same set of bags, I'm going to I'm gonna ask for $75 or $100,
1: Oh, yeah. no, I
0: agree. I mean, listen, I'm not fucking mother Teresa here. I'm not just, you know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to do God's work here by selling cornhole bags. I mean, yeah. we're the furthest thing from that in this group. Let's be, let's be honest. Um, but I really think that it comes down to our inability to be patient and wait for some of these longer manufacturing process. And again, it's not just kill shots. It's pretty much across the boards besides, you know, Reynolds, who's pumping out bags who, but is very smart and builds up a very large stock beforehand. Um, but, you know, sometimes these longer wait times make people get impatient, and then that's where you see these aftermarket prices start to drive up.
1: Okay. Yeah, and you, so, like, I'm, I'm going to agree with you to a point. Okay. I do agree, like, if people are willing to pay, that's fine. What, what I don't agree with, with driving the aftermarket price up is for bags that aren't anything special. Like, they're not, like, customs. They're not limited edition. Mm-hmm. Like, to me, those bags, like, when people buy them, those should be the ones that you're throwing and then like if if you're going on and buying those like you should be getting those and use them to throw and play with and then the limited release and stuff like that's just Mm -hmm. like a little cherry on top if you're able to get one of those because they're Mm -hmm. not easy to come by
0: but But what do you think ultimately makes a bag more expensive than another is it like is it name brand is it how many sets were produced um is it the desire to have that particular bag? I mean, is it kind of a combination of all that?
1: Let's go, let's look at all of the things. Like, so, so you're, you're a bag collector, Sean. You love, you love the bags, you love the artwork on it. That's why you collect them. So to me, it has to, I mean, it's it's the same way with, with baseball cards, with comic Mm -hmm. books, with, with everything out there. So it has to do with the artwork, um, how rare it is Mm -hmm. and name brands for sure. Name brands definitely have something to do with it. Because you can you can go call up killer bees cornhole get whatever you want put on a bag, and it'll be at your door in two weeks. But everyone wants that all cornhole they want that kill shot they want I mean mm-hmm. they want it on their on the bag and they want that specific bag. So, um, it, like all three of those have something to do with it. And going back to the aftermarket thing with collecting, like I like you and I both did baseball cards while growing up. Mm-hmm. That market is booming. Like I've done comic books. I'm not like, if I go to sell a comic book that I I collected, and I go online and look at how much it's worth, yes, they have a rating there, but Mm. when you go to a buyer, you you typically go over what it says online, because you actually have it in hand in front of them, same with baseball cards. Like, sure, you can look up the the actual value of that card, and, you know, we don't have that in the cornhole world, because this whole, like custom bag and limited edition i mean it's so new it's like a year into it really where they just started taking off Mm -hmm. do i ever think it'll get to that point where we can like go online and research it i don't unless like one of these websites want to try to do that but i mean good luck because i mean that stuff's super involved but when it comes to to the aftermarket price i mean especially for those limited and special releases man you you can't you can't, like, put a specific price on any of it. Like you said, if the consumer's willing to buy it, that's their choice. And if that's their goddamn money. You can't tell them how to spend it. So who are we to say it's, it's right or wrong? I mean... And,
0: and that's what... So, like, I think, to me, like, a perfect example is, again, I, I collect bags. I way too many, and I, and I know that. But, like, I know custom game changers go for a lot of money in the aftermarket, okay? Yeah. Same thing with OG, especially, um, like, the first first edition... All right, game changers. I don't collect those types of bags, okay? I just, I've never been a game changer fan. Um, I didn't, I never like to throw them. I like to collect bags that I like to throw. Not necessarily because I might ever throw that, just because like 357. I have pretty much almost every limited edition, 357, every color, everything. I like throwing that bag. So to me, that's the kind of thing that, that's what I personally like to collect if there's somebody out there that's marking it up a little bit but something that I want and I want it bad enough I'm going to pay for it. I don't think that anyone should criticize me because of something that I necessarily want. You can't tell me that because I bought one set of bags that I wanted for my collection that I'm suddenly suddenly like dr- killing the whole fucking market. I like, get the fuck out of here with that. And like this isn't like kumbaya like we should all be together kind of thing. Like listen, it, it's a it's a fucking cutthroat world sometimes. Yeah, not every it's dog not and everyone dog all they, the time. Listen they're not everyone makes a goddamn fucking team every time. Okay. There's a reason that some of these bags are going for more and it's because they're rare and everybody wants them. So if you want them, you got to pony up and I'm okay with that. I'm I've listen, I've gone after bags before and I've thrown out a price and that we were negotiating. And I got to a point where I'm like, listen, I personally don't think it's worth that much. So I'm not going to pay for it. And I think that's what it comes down to every single time. Like in my mind, right. I think the perfect example, I think an OG razor should be worth as much as an OG game changer.
1: Hands down, yeah.
0: Now I I get that, and Patrick McCracken when he was on the dogcast, I thought he put it perfectly. He was talking about how the OG game changer is an iconic bag and how it really did change the game. Um, and I and I get that, but I think you can also make the same you can make the same call that the OG Razor was kind of like the starter
1: of it's the that first cheater bag. bag.
0: Yeah. yeah, so to me, like I can go on and I can find an OG razor for someone that doesn't really know, and I can buy them for sixty bucks, seventy bucks, which I think is a steal. I will take that all day. So, by the way, if you're out there and you have OG razors, hit me up. All right, just let me know. Okay, so ultimately, I think it, it, it's easy. Okay, bags are worth what people are willing to pay. All right, mm-hmm. we have sold sets before. But we've only sold sets that we purchase ourselves. Um, we've only donated sets that like have been given to us for review. I don't feel like it's necessarily right to sell bags that people are giving to us to review. We probably could. I just I've always felt weird about that. So those are the sets that we typically try to donate, do giveaways, and all that stuff. Um, but I, I just I always felt weird, and I know we've talked about this a bunch. But again, like we could we could be killing it on the bag market right now. I have like 160 sets of bags. I can't I can't throw but four of them at a time, but I don't do that. Um, and we try to get back to wherever we can. So I just I thought the bag market question, I think it's something that we can definitely get into longer. And I would love to have a conversation on an episode with Donnie sometime and we can kind of go back and forth because ultimately I'm not saying that my opinion is right 100 percent but I would like to have some dialogue with that.
1: No, absolutely. And like the last thing I want to touch on that is just mm-hmm. to me, I would rather see someone go up with whatever bag they have and put a set price on there and have like, then just watch all the, you know, bitching comments come after that. Then mm-hmm. see someone come up with that same bag on a raffle and do, oh I got 50 spots for $20 a spot. Mm-hmm. Cause I mean, they're making a cool G just on, on a raffle. Yeah. And when you're selling it straight up, it's, it's not as much money. So yeah, I, I would much rather prefer people just sell it at a higher cost than like, See the raffles keep popping up, but 100%. that's all I got.
0: All right, well, let's move on. I think we kind of we'll keep talking in circles if we go any further. So, no, no, um, no. let's go to bag review time, which is brought to you by Bags Board, the maker of the original cornhole bag backpack. The highest quality materials used to craft these bags are made right here in the USA. Need patches. Bagsboard has some of the best around. Visit bagsboard.com and grab yours today. Okay. So let's start off with the Cornhole Solutions, the Character 77 bag. Now, this is now they came out with a whole new line of bags. This is their one ACL Pro Stamped bag. All right. So you want to start with this one? Yeah,
1: yeah, I'll let it rip. Um, all right. So character 77 from Cornhole Solutions. Um, it is a it's a dual slick um
0: control tool yeah it's
1: like it's in that borderline with that slow side of you know definitely being i wouldn't consider it like a a go-go bag where both sides are like lightning because it definitely has two distinct sides that are discernible speeds um Mm -hmm. so um you know comparable to an all slide um, on the slow side yeah on the slow side yeah um it's it's um I guess, like you, you told me that you think it's the same material from the Cooper bags, the Express, and the Bandit.
0: Yeah, it's the same and, uh, slow
1: side. It's the same material. Okay, I, I don't yeah. have that bag in front of me, so I can't see. But I, 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 you know, looking at it now, I definitely get that look. It almost looks like the Victory material, but it plays mm-hmm. faster than the Victory material. Correct. Um, so I'm sure you know people know what that is. Um, again, yeah, it's about a six or seven on that that slower side. Um, To me today in the humidity when I was throwing it, um, I actually threw it indoors, but it was just wet and sticky here. Um, It was like really playing like a four. Like well, this was really holding up.
0: This material is soft, okay? And we've talked about this before. When you have, like, this softer, slower materials, when you play in humid weather, it's going to slow down big time, okay? Yeah. And I, that's definitely the case. So there is a wide variety. But if we're talking about just indoors, perfect condition, it's going to play, like, a six or seven. But if you're playing outdoors, humid conditions, um, there is a large variability in this for sure.
1: And then the, yeah, and then, you know, the fast side, it looks mm-hmm. very similar to many bags that we've seen, um, mm-hmm. but the one difference is it's it's broken in. Yeah, like it was it was slinky right out of the box, which is just freaking awesome. Um, but that fast side, I mean, I would give it I'd give it a nine um, on that fast side mm-hmm. for sure. Um, definitely a little bit smaller smaller resin in this. It feels uh, it doesn't feel like I, I don't think it's uniform resin. I feel like I'd I don't get so like it might be like shredded, but, um, it is smaller. Um, it's got, it's got the, it's still got some corners, but they are rounded. Um, Mm -hmm. but it's like, but it's, it's, you know, enough of a corner where it doesn't feel like a a really thick, thick, slick bag. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, already has that ACL pro stamp on it, which like the bag itself just looks cool. It's a simple design, but I think it's a cool looking bag. It'll stick out on the board. Mm -hmm. And that's also the biggest ACL pro stamp I've seen on a bag yet. I I agree. All in all, Uh, I I thought it was an awesome bag. So yeah, I think,
0: yeah, I think, I I mean, I think you pretty much touched on everything. the fill is smaller. Um, I think that the template they used where they round in just the very edges of the corner allows it to feel full, but not chubby. If that makes sense. Um, I threw it very well. I, I liked it a lot. Uh, it's it, Like you said, it's incredibly um, broken in right out of the box, which I liked. Uh, it's ready to play. does not take a lot of time. There's no boiling necessary for this thing. You throw it a game or two, and this thing is ready to rock and roll. So I was, uh, I was thoroughly impressed um, for their first time as a, primarily as a board company coming out with um, a pro-level bag like this for, right out the gate. Um, I think they did a really nice job. This is a,
1: Heck yeah. this is a really
0: nice bag, really, really,
1: really, now, really they- nice bag. Are they offering like any deals on there where you buy like uh where you buy like boards and you get their bags with them or anything like that? I,
0: that, that I do not know, but um, I'm sure we could certainly find out. But like you I said, said, I like the design on it. It's simple, but it pops. The colors on it are nice. Um, the materials play great. Um, I like the that there is variability on both sides for speed wise. But all in all, I thought it was an they, they did a really nice job for their first Pro bag uh, coming out of the box. So for me, never having thrown another Cornhole Solution bag, if this was the one that I got first, I'm more inclined to try another one because I started with this one.
1: Yeah, and I think I will. I want to see yeah, what absolutely. else they got. Okay,
0: so let's move on to our next bag, which is the Score Holio Spark. All right, so this is the... I'm just going to take this since I was already talking. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, the red. second bag from the Score Holio lineup, and previously we had reviewed the Circuit bag, um, so now we're now up is the spark. Unlike the circuit bag, which is more like their control bag, this the spark is like definitely like their dual slick bag. But again, it's it's a controllable speed on the on the fast side or on the slow side. It plays like a seven out of ten, um, a true seven out of ten. Where the other one had a little bit more variability. I feel like this handles humidity a little bit better. Um, we're gonna talk. We'll talk, and I'm sure you're gonna touch on this too because of. The fill that they use, they use a uniform, small fill, slightly rounded corners. Again, this is a as a fuller feel to it, and with that fuller feel, it's similar. Um, it plays similar to a bag we just got done reviewing, the Schmack'Em. I mean that by its its feel when you throw it. It feels a little heavy, so when you throw it, I'm confident that nothing is going to stand in this way. This thing is literally going to just push it out of the way. I can throw it aggressively at the hole. But it also has the smaller feel, and it's broken in right away. So if you throw it slick side down and you want a little speed for it, it's going to slip in the hole. I mean, I I thought they did a fantastic job. I joked in our little thread that we have with you know a whole bunch of us that if you throw the bag four times down and back and you don't miss one, you have to automatically be a fan of that bag. And that's exactly what happened with me with the Spark. I don't know why it didn't feel like it was doing anything special i just i like the weight i like the feel i like how it landed on the board the slow side uh, moved well enough where it wasn't kicking um I, I was a really big fan of this bag
1: heck yeah I and mean, like first off we all know that if you throw four bags down and you make one you're a fan of that bag all right let's yeah, be true. serious that's true. <laughs> that's true that's true that's true um but, yeah, I mean, dude, again, like, Bennett's at Scorholio came out with another, like, this is a, another great bag. Uh, I like that it is faster than his, than the circuit, mm-hmm. so it gives you, you know, two different speeds right there. Um, again, feels very, the, the thickness is very similar to the circuit, mm-hmm. which I, I was already a fan of. Um, so I, I do like a chunkier bag, as it's documented on the show. Um, it, it, it does suck that these aren't ACL approved, but... Um, if, I mean, we, we know why some might know, but, um, man, all in all though, it's, it's a, it's a killer bag and I do love the design that he has on them. They always stand yeah. out. Like there's no other bags out there that are like as bright as his on the boards. So those I'm are giving, nice.
0: The more and more I throw, the more bags I throw, I'm becoming a big fan of like this smaller resin. That's, that's a, that gives it a fuller bag. And then over time, as that bag breaks down, it gets a little slinky. It still leaves you a little something to grip while you're throwing it. Yeah. But you know that it's gonna the resin small enough that it's still gonna become super slinky and it's gonna be very hole forgiving. So again, I, I really like this. Um, I thought I mean, that was out of the park. The design was awesome. So again, a uh, slow side plays at a seven, slick side plays at a nine, right around there.
1: Um, but yeah, I was a really big fan. I love this bag. Hell yeah. I mean I'm always looking for a bag that like when I pinch in with my thumb I'm not touching my palm. Yep, I wanna correct. I wanna not be able to pinch through the bag. Uh, but uh hell yeah. Absolutely. That leaves us uh that just leaves us one last thing. Same. Shameless
0: plugs. Shameless plug time. Reach us at Instagram and Twitter at Big Asp Cornhole.
1: And Facebook at Big Ass Cornhole Podcast. Thanks again to our sponsors. Visit airwolfathletics.com for all your cornhole swag. Be sure to use code Big ASP for 10% off. And iHeartCornhole.com for the best boards in the business made right here in the USA. Big ASP5 for 5% off.
0: BagSport.com for the sexiest backpacks and patches in the game. And BlackJackCornhole.com for the sexiest bags around. Cor- uh, code BIGASP can save you 10% on orders over $50. dollars big merchandise, visit InstinctSports.com, to, um, and you can find us under their team section. We would greatly appreciate your support. Um, stickers are here, so if you would like one of our bomb-ass stickers uh, message us on any of the uh, social media uh, we dropped them before. Again, it's Big Ass Cornhole on Instagram and Twitter, and then Big Ass Cornhole Podcast on Facebook. Um, send us a screenshot of your review on Apple Podcast, and we will send you a sticker free of charge as a thank you for taking your time to do that.
1: Hell yeah. Hey, uh, were some of those were some of those stickers the uh, holographic ones they're all holographic this time what uh, oh, i definitely got it i have not gotten one yet i, got I splurged out of the house and grab I it splurged hell for yeah all of dude, you, i love those yeah so
0: these are a little bit different so if you have an old sticker you might want to grab a new sticker because these are sweet they awesome. do pop all right all right we'll stay tuned as we continue ladies month and we are going to be joined by the very talented jackie say sound heck yeah boom all right as always we hope you throw it straight and it's nothing but four baggers from here on out. Cornhole it. Later. Welcome back to the Big Ass Cornhole Podcast, where we are joined by the lovely Miss Jackie Sayasel. Jackie, thank you for joining us. It's been a long time coming.
2: Thanks for having me.
1: Far too nope. long. We, we we were trying to get this done at the Cleveland National, and then we all know how that freaking ended up. <laughs> <Yeah>. So, <laughs> Dan, you want to start it? Yeah, uh you know, you just wanna start off with uh, you know, telling telling the listeners how you got involved in cornhole.
2: Um, well my buddy, he was actually uh can you guys hear me just fine? Yeah,
1: yeah, you're good. Yeah, you sound good.
2: Um, he was just uh he was sponsoring a, a bar league and asked me if I was good at cornhole and I said, Yeah, I'm good or you know, <laughs> thinking that I was good, showing up and I was like bunching up the bag still in my hand and everybody's having like a flat throw like a, a spin on their bag and I just got my butt whooped out there, and then I started meeting some players out there, and um, we kind of talked more about it, and they said that they played in ACL. So then I ended up at a blind draw, and then um, got my butt whooped there, there like, all week. And then um, after that, I bought my own set of bags and just practiced by myself, getting that spin down, um, getting consistent, and just learning the, the strategy, and then just basically just sliding into the hole every single time, and then, After that it was just a strategy after that. So it just it just took a week just to get that flat bag down for me. And then after that it just kinda everything just kinda fell together.
1: So nonchalant. Just oh yeah, only (laughs) a week.
0: Yeah. Like that's
1: no big deal. Like I'm still working on it. Yeah.
0: A year and a half later.
1: So I can show you some people here in Cleveland that have been playing for almost twenty years and they don't even throw a flat bag.
0: (laughs) So, Jackie, what is it about the game that you liked the most? Was it the competition? Was it the, you know, the community, the people around it? Like, what, what was it that kind of you, you found? Like, hey, I went to this Bar League, then I went to the ACL. Obviously, getting your ass kicked is no fun. All right. So what, there had to be something that kind of drew you to the game. What was that?
2: Um, I think just because I'm, I've been athletic my whole entire life, um, it's always been about competition. And battle- battling with my blood disorder, because um, I played soccer in college, and I was a double sport, did tennis also. Okay. Um, with the blood disorder, it kind of made it hard to, to breathe, because it had to do with my red blood cells, which carry oxygen throughout your body. So, cornhole was a way for me to stay competitive, and was able to um, just get that competitiveness out of it, okay. and be able to stick stick with it, and... Um, the community I think it's a bon it's a huge bonus. It's it's just the people are great just wherever you go, like different different areas and I mean there's always cornhole going on everywhere. If you I mean some some areas I don't you know, I have friends in that area. If I just put a post on Facebook, hey, is there cornhole going on? And you know, someone will respond like yes there is and then we'll just, you know, tell you exactly where it's at. So that's the cool thing about the community. That's why I say that's like more of a bonus. But um yeah, I think the competitiveness is, is what's keeping me in in, in the game. So what do you? Are you, do you do,
1: what, oh, go ahead, Dan, Go. Sorry, yeah, sorry. No, I was just. Do you still play tennis?
2: Um, every once in a while, just for fun. But
1: we gotta not, hit the court next time. I'm exactly. a large man. We gotta hit the court next time. I'm a large man, but I'm a hell of a tennis player.
2: Let's do it. I keep my racket in my truck every time. <laughs>
1: Shit, I had mine. I actually had mine in my golf bag when oh, I sent yeah. it down to Reggie in, in Iowa. I should have should have oh, brought it out. Right. I had no idea. Heck yeah.
0: Jackie, I was going to ask you something else. Like, uh, like what, <laughs> like, what, where where do you play out of? Like what, what where do you live? Like what's your what area conference?
2: So I'm in the Midwest conference. Okay. So I'm in right. Nebraska. I live in Omaha. Um, so that's where it's, I'm pretty much the only proactive player that's traveling around to like, um, but I'm starting to see, I, I got a few guys to go out to the national or to worlds this, this um past season. So, hoping to see more faces and more of the Midwest people out there just because, I mean, we only, like, when I first started, we had three of us in the Midwest Conference that showed up for Worlds. We had a team up with Team Canada. <laughs> so that's, that's, that was like the first, that was me three months in at World Championships. And then, um, yeah, we, there's only three of us, but this year we actually had a full team and not everyone got to play. So that was kind of great to see that how much we're growing just in, in our little conference.
0: So with you being from a small conference, I mean, so we're from like a bigger conference here, right? Northeast, there's a lot of like, you know, players, you know, of high caliber. Do you find it that it's more important for you to travel to go find good competition just so that when you go to these big national events that like your skill level is, you know, you're ready to face that kind of competition?
2: Definitely. I'm actually working on a tour thing right now where I'm stopping. I'll be like a weekend North Carolina staying with Allison Peters and I'll probably jump around to. Stay with Sam Finley, and then stay with Yeti, my my pro partner, for a little bit, for a week in Colorado, and then I go see Blake out in um, Northern California, and just I just need that competition and just to play that high level um, competitiveness, just just to kind of freshen my game, and um, definitely I definitely need more competition in my area in order to get better for sure.
1: Okay, hey, I mean that's I'm very jealous of you. I'm not gonna lie. All right, so you know, while you're not traveling, you got to keep your your game in peak shape. How mm-hmm. often How often do you practice, and like, what's your what's your practice routine?
2: I've been so busy, I haven't been able to practice as much as I wanted to. It's just, um, I mean, every weekend's I'm always playing some tournament. I'm traveling with Yeti, um, or I'm gonna be meeting up with Lori and and we'll be weekend tournaments also, but. My practice are pretty much my locals right now. Um, just showing up at locals if I'm able to make it there. But then um, there, there'll be times where after a weekend where I felt like I shot bad or something, and uh, I'll just be really hard on myself and just practice for hours and hours in the gym. And and um, but I mean those those don't happen too often. But um, I mean I would like to be able to throw more than than what I am what what, what I'm doing right now for practice at least.
0: So just changing gears just a little bit. So you're a cornhole player by night. What do you do? What's your day job?
2: So I'm a sports performance coach. Um, I work okay. with a lot of athletes, um, pro and D1 players, basically just strategizing um, a, a workout that fits their needs. And if they're working on an injury or um, recovery or or just trying not to tear another ACL, um, just just kind of like do doing team and individual things, but with, with COVID going on, I'm kind of just more focused on um, just playing now. And right now, just just trying to um, get all my sponsor, sponsorship stuff down during the daytime. And I'm still working on that. And then once that's done, then I'll be able to just practice during the day, and then and then just be able to play at night at locals and have some fun. There
1: you go. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, if you, if you got Sean, – Sean's the one to ask if you got, you know, sports exercise science questions, you know, physical therapists over there. So, you know, he, he knows the stuff.
2: Yep.
1: Go ahead,
0: Sean. So you, you had touched on uh, before, so you're playing with Yeti for – she's your pro partner, correct, this year? Correct, yep. And then in uh, – so, and then women's doubles, you're playing with Lori? Yes, Okay. Now, are you all throwing similar bags then? Are you guys primarily throwing game changers? What bags are you guys throwing?
2: Um, right now, it's, it's up in the air. I mean, okay. I know both both of them like game changers, and and I mean, I throw game changers for them, definitely, but um, okay. my go-to bag right now is the all-slides, but right now okay. um, I'm definitely checking out new bags. I mean, I just got some bags from BG today, and I saw your post. And, yep. Yeah.
1: So I'm You'll like them. Out and, <laughs> yeah, I
2: just, I mean, I I. I I think I tried out um, Finley's at the clash, and I, I like those the the Vikings. So, I mean, I'm I'm game to try anything at this point.
0: Okay. Do you tend to, like with your throw style? I mean, because you have a, a little bit of a, a unique throw style where mm-hmm. it's not perfectly flat. I mean, you you spin the bag hard, but it maybe lands a little bit of an angle. Do you prefer a, a flatter, ba- uh, a faster bag for your game style
2: or fast? This. It kind of really depends on my, my blood disorder. Cause sometimes like, okay. um, I'm so, I'm so weak that I wish I had a faster bag just because okay. I don't have the energy to kind of push through that. So that, I think that's why I kind of tend to like a fast bag. Okay. But, um, I'm starting to learn that I've, I like to strategize like a lot more than just, you know, just going for the hole And it's kind of hard to do that with those, those fast bags. So it's just, um, I'm, Hoping to just try to find something a little bit slower, but not too slow, but still has a fast side where I'm able to to um, get through my weekdays where where my blood level is like so low and I don't have the energy to throw throw a one pound bag. Okay. So um, I think that if if, if I'm not dipping, um, I I know I kind of have a weird throw. So when I'm dipping, it kind of puts a lot of power behind the bag, mm-hmm. and I I think it helps me tremendously. Just um, I'm a little person. So it's just, I don't have all the all the power just all in my arm just just tossing that bag all day.
0: But so. I think you're the perfect like you're the perfect like poster child for anybody can be good at this game, right? I mean mm-hmm. any shape, size, all that stuff, and with your yeah. throw, it's I love. I, like the, I love that it's a unique throw because for me, a throw like yours timing is is huge because if you, I mean, it's all rhythm. I mean, if you're one little bit when you're dipping and coming through and you're not releasing the bag at the perfect time, I mean, it's going to be off. So, I mean, mm-hmm. repetition and all that stuff has got to, has got to be a big part. Is there been, has there been like, I mean, I throw, I'm sure your throw has changed quite a bit since you first started playing. Is mm-hmm. there like one thing that you've really worked on like to really elevate your game is it just throwing a flatter bag is it working on consistency what, what, what would be that one part of your game that you think you've changed the most
2: right now is um the different grips because i i don't know if you guys knew but i injured myself back um during virtual like right after the cleveland national getting canceled um i injured myself during virtual and then i it got really swollen at the houston pro qualifier um, okay. right before that broadcast and I had a problem with my, with the swelling, my hand going down completely. So, um, what I've been struggling with is just, the uh, the grip, the grip of the bags just because my hands are so small. So that's, instead of trying to get it, I'm trying to just get a pretty, a pretty bag, I guess, just because, um, it just, it hits like the swollen part when it's coming out of my hand and then my bag just kind of goes like a little floppy. Okay. And I, and I think that's why I'm trying to get it, trying to get it flatter, but then, um, other than that, I'm not trying to. I didn't have a problem with trying to get my bags flatter or anything. I think I think it worked just fine for me. And um, with the power and just following through with with exactly what I was doing, that it all worked out for me. But just just until that whole injury happened, that's the only time when I ever tried to fix my throw.
1: I gotcha. All right, enough enough with the you know ten degrees of your of your throwing style there, Sean. Asking all the <laughs> tough questions. Um, So you had the opportunity to compete at the USA national event this past weekend, um, which will be airing tonight and tomorrow. We're recording on Monday, but you know, it's going to come out Mm -hmm. on Wednesday. So um, obviously we don't want to spoil any of the results for the listeners, um, but can you just tell us what that experience was like trying to compete to represent our country?
2: Yeah, it was awesome. I mean, I met, I met a lot of great amazing players that I've never met before that they threw fire and that high level competition i mean that's that's what we want to represent um the u.s you know and so it it was kind of nice just it was an honor just to be there with everyone and just competing with with all the high level competitors and just um everyone was so supportive of each other even even though like they were out like it was single elimination but everyone was just so supportive and watching each other so i thought that was kind of cool and neat i really like that
0: no, I know it's, it's not spoiling it. You, you did make it to the television broadcast, correct? Yes. Okay, okay. so people make sure they, this comes out on Wednesday. If you're listening to this on Wednesday commute or, you know, on your way home, make sure that you're tuning in on either Wednesday or Thursday to catch Jackie in the finals for women's doubles?
2: Correct. Yep.
0: Okay. Um, the one question we've been asking all of our female guests is we're doing kind of ladies month through October.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Because you in particular, you're playing with another female in the pro division. How far away are we from seeing either an all-women's team win pro doubles at national or a woman winning singles at a national event? Do you think we're close?
2: I think we definitely are. I mean, winning, I'm kind of, I'm not, I mean, I'm a little, I mean, I think it definitely happened, but
0: Mm -hmm.
2: I think that was more of a, that would happen right now is, is just seeing more women making the broadcast in the pro okay. division and, and singles and doubles. But as far as winning, I'm not sure right now. But, I mean, anything could happen because, I mean, oh, yeah. the, the new talent and generation coming up is just – I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy good. And people are just growing like crazy.
0: Do you think that kind of goes into – I guess it kind of goes right into my next question is how do we – Get more women involved in the game do you think that has a big factor like we need to get more women involved in the game in order to find out you know the talent walking around the street literally you know that could be amazing at this game do you think we need to get more women involved in the game and if so how do you try to facilitate that process in happening
2: so i think with the with the pro women's and and non-pro women's being separated this this next this um this current season I think that's going to be a huge help, just because I I know that I've heard at nationals that some girls were just saying, well, I'm going to go play competitive crew cup because why well, am I going to go play pro doubles with or I mean um, women's doubles with with the pro girls and and their and just being upset about that. So I think this whole dividing the whole dividing the pros and non-pros is going to help, and I think just in in the area I know um I mean I know in in my area or like other other areas i don't know if it's it's if it's in your area too but i mean i know everyone has their own problems but i know that girls get really intimidated by what 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 the men say to them and um just the rude comments that they that they've been getting and i know i I talked to some of the female players about it that had reached out that um from different areas i've never met before but just kind of needed a little guidance and how to kind of get through with that and i mean for, for me, it's easy because I ignore everything. Um, but and you kick the
0: ass anyway, so let's be serious. So <laughs> that's true. That is true.
2: <laughs> and and I, I use that anytime when that happens. I kind of just use that as a feel, anyways. And I just kind of, all right, well, let's play a game. Just me and you, you know, and just kind of, you know, just kind of, just kind of play for it. But I think sportsmanship is kind of huge on how to grow the women's the women's division also. And okay. I mean, just just new players in general, just growing the sport. Um, I always make sure that every new player that comes to my events that they're comfortable throwing, and at least like they're not embarrassed that they're not hitting the board yet, or you know. So I kind of just take some time aside, and, and I'll work with them like a day that I'm not running an event. And I think it's that's how I've been growing my my, my girls group in my area. Um, there you go. Before I never had, I was the only girl all the time, but now I have like girls coming, so it's it's great.
1: If you if you ever get disrespected on the boards again, just remember one thing: you just you look him right in the face and then slap the taste out of his mouth. All right, that's <laughs> I mean, that's that's so uncalled for. Like I, I, I have never experienced that here in Cleveland. I mean I, I don't know of anyone out here that would do that, but I, I mean I'm you sure know it for does us happen, too. It's but.
0: but we're also again we're fortunate enough to have I mean what five or six women that could kick half more than like seventy five percent of the asses around here. Anyways, I mean yeah. when I mean like Christine. You had Stacia when she was playing. You have Dawn Rogers. You have Carrie. I mean, we have so many good players, uh, female players around here. That I mean, anytime I step up the board, I know I typically lose against them. (laughs) So it doesn't bother me. I'm used to it by now, so it doesn't bother me at all. All right, right, Dane. Is it time?
1: It's time, man. Let's do it. It's time. Let's let's rattle off some fun random shit. All right. All right. Rapid fire questions. Just uh, give us whatever pops in your head. Beverage of choice while playing.
2: Um, share McGillow Cuddies and Red Bull. There
1: you go. Oh, all right, that's
2: <laughs> random mix, but it's, it's, go, it's my go to drink. oddly specific I like it. <laughs> <something>.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. All right, what is your crew cup dream team?
2: Um, I would like with me in it or just any team.
0: Hey, listen, you can put yourself in it. Let's do two. All right, let's do a crew cup dream team. All right, and then can we do like an all women's crew cup dream team?
2: Okay, um, so for my the crew cup dream team, I'd probably have like Windsor, Jamie Graham, Trey Birchfield, and No Wooten. Okay, and then for this is a tough one for all girls just, just cause like I know I hey, sorry.
0: Like, hey, sorry hey sorry they they might not listen anyways it's okay it'll be between us.
2: Well, I mean, I mean, like <laughs> me, me, Yeti, Maya, and Finley. We actually we actually had a crew cup team. That we play that Yeah, played that world. yeah I like, that be tough. We, we actually took down um, <laughs> yeah. Schultz, Morton, Brad Powers, and Emery Parker. So I can was see that. For us. So that might just oh, be yeah. my main team just because, you know, we obviously could compete at that high level together. Absolutely. And that probably might just be my team.
1: Okay. Hey, roll with it. Roll with it. For sure. Damn. All right. So you're, uh, you're playing singles. You have to throw four different bags. What bags are you throwing?
2: Oh, man. Um. SBA different types, right? So I can't okay. All slides, game changers, vipers, pro X's.
0: Okay. All right, All right. That's a good that's a good one. I like that mix. So you typically when you're playing, you're typically you wear headphones, right? Yes. All right, so All what are you rocking out to? What are you rocking out to when you're playing?
2: Well, it really depends on my mood. So it's okay. most of the time it's like rap R and B type stuff that's kinda of just getting me hyped up. Well but what's your who's
0: your hype artist? Like who do you who are you go to?
2: Um, let me see. Like, do you know Jin Gates? Or I mean, some some of the ones that you guys would know is like Roddy Rich or um, you know, like Drake, Drake or. Let's see.
0: She's going through yeah. her catalog right now.
2: Yeah, I yeah, am. I'm look. I'm looking through <laughs> it right now just because I made I made one just for it, like Chance right. the Rapper and. Okay. Yeah, Cardi B and stuff. But then if uh, you... there's sometimes where I'll actually have to play like chelsea cutler so i can sing to the music because i know that my adrenaline is up so high and i need to calm down so i'll play something that i'll sing i'll sing to and i'm just throwing so that way i'm slowing down and not just tossing with muscle memory so okay. I, I tend to do that a lot too
0: that's smart That i mean that's a good trick for uh for beginning players too if you tend to play headphones you find yourself getting a little too high maybe slow it down a little bit that's actually a nice trick Mm-hmm. It's okay. Sean Sean listens to
1: the Hamilton soundtrack
0: hey, when he's it's playing. Just, sometimes it's the only music. If we don't have Wi-Fi on the screen,
1: because I don't
2: have anything on wi fall asleep.
1: Stay in the last one. Alright, so uh bold prediction this year in the ACL.
2: Or um, for everything or yeah,
1: anything. You just well, make a bold well, yeah, prediction any, for this anything? year for the ACL season.
2: Well, Maybe Trey Birchfield for men singles, he just lately he's just been throwing hey, fire. I like
1: that. Yeah, he Unreal, is man. on fire right now. On his
2: I, I seen him at Worlds and then seeing him at USA, I was like, dang, that kid, he just he he's he's not missing. He's no. he's on right now. Uh, he is. Uh, he's so, a
1: stone cold killer, man. One hundred percent.
2: Doubles, I mean probably have to say Matt Matt and Jamie for sure. I mean just, just because that's just the the team. Everyone, you know, the dream team. Or everyone thinks is um gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch. Just not seeing Matt, Matt play with Brett and Brett playing with Eric Davis. So.
1: It's,
0: it's gonna be interesting dynamics. But you know, Eric Davis though, man, is he good? Damn, that kid is.
1: Yeah, he <laughs> is. Really he is good. nasty.
0: All right, Jackie, do you have anyone you want to shout out?
2: Um, just to my friends and family and sponsors that been supporting me. You guys. <laughs> And just um, everyone else that has been supporting me this whole entire season. Um, It's from the start. So that's, that's just, yeah, that's great.
0: Awesome. Well, hey, we greatly appreciate you being on again. This has been a long time coming. Uh, Like we Mm -hmm. said, we're trying to get you, we had this whole plan on interviewing you at the Cleveland National and it all fell apart. So um, it worked out perfectly that we had you on this month. We greatly appreciate you taking time out and uh, we'll definitely have you on again for sure. After you win like a national or something.
2: Sounds good. Uh, try- it's, it's gonna
1: be it's going to be soon and you know Jackie you're, you're a great ambassador of the game so just it, keep so doing what you're doing
2: I want to stay hungry so we' stay hungry yep.
0: all right we'll take care all right thank we'll talk to you so much soon for having me no problem of okay. course
2: right, Bye-bye. bye.